At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in to the Lombardi Line. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa in Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, Michael Lombardi, is alongside via Ocean City, New Jersey, on this pre-4th of July Saturday as we head into a holiday weekend full of celebration and, of course, sports betting. Mr. Lombardi, good morning to you. Uh, let's start on the ice. Boy, this Tampa Bay Lightning team, they're pretty good, aren't they? They, uh, they won the first two games of the Stanley Cup final at home, and you could argue that maybe they were outplayed a little bit in game two, but they go up to the Bell Center in Montreal on Friday night, and this thing is two to nothing before the Montreal Canadiens even knew what hit them. And, and you brought this up on our show on Friday, that the best scenario for a coach is to have a team that doesn't play all that well but still wins the game and then how they spin that to the team uh, following the game. And apparently that worked because they just went on a spree, beat the Montreal Canadiens 6-3, to three, and now have a commanding 3-0 series lead in the best of seven. You know, and now, you know, Brady, now they have beaten the Canadians, uh, what is it, 11 out of the last 12 times. So, you know, this is just domination by the Lightning. And, you know, I sat down to start to watch the game, and the next thing I know, it's two to nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, I just hope the the under stays in. And obviously the under didn't cash for anyone. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Lightning are clearly, they're outclassing them. And Montreal's run. You know, with their ability to to play in the last two series, certainly getting great goaltending hasn't happened. I think they just ran against a superior team in the Lightning. They are really by far uh, dominant. And like we said, I mean, when a coach can go to a team that's really good and has competitive players on it and challenge those competitive players to reach to the level, you know, this is what we'll see. My exact series result, Tampa Bay in five, is in jeopardy right now. The Lightning, yeah. as you mentioned, this team is really wired right now. And Canadiens getting just one win in this series seems a little bit shaky. The Tampa Bay Lightning for game four, which will go on Monday. It will not be tomorrow. Usually they go every other day. It'll be on Monday. They're already a minus 155 favorite here at BetMGM, Michael. And you you know on Friday night they closed as minus 135 favorites. So up 20 cents after what we saw on Friday night. Yeah, and you know, I think what, what what's happened is is Price, as good as he was in the last two series, you know, he's not getting a lot of help from the defensemen on the team. I mean, you know, they didn't really the second goal, the guy lays back, doesn't get up to the to the shooter, the guy that can score, and he gets and Price gets shielded, and the next thing you know, it's two nothing. And how are you going to come back from a team with Valashevsky in there at two to nothing? I mean, that's a hard challenge. So uh, I, I think the the lack of total team. I think this is just a classic example of a better team winning. 
I don't think you can pin this on Price got cold all of a sudden. I think Price was put in a lot of difficult situations and the fact that, you know, when you just look over the landscape of the, the Canadians versus the Lightning, I mean, the Lightning just own them. Yeah, they absolutely do. We'll see if uh, this ends up in a sweep or not. Your 76ers, they don't appear ready to deal Ben Simmons, Michael. The uh, <laughs> reports are that Malcolm Brogdon. They're not mine anymore. I don't know if you've heard. I, I'm now a Heat fan. I, I, you know, I, I've got I've to get away from them. I've had to go to 76er rehab too many years, Brady. <laughs> I've been at Betty Ford for five years in a row with this team. So, Well, they've reportedly turned down an offer from the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon and a first-round draft pick. And this is no cupcake offer. That's Malcolm Brogdon and the 13th pick overall in the draft. Are you surprised? Are are they really steadfast on holding on to Simmons, or are they just holding on for a sweeter deal? Well, I don't think that trade works. If you go to the ESPN trade machine, it, it doesn't qualify. You know, the draft pick doesn't qualify in the salary compensation. You know, so whatever draft pick gets thrown in there, it's not like the NFL where you add that five million in there. So you, you've got to be able to equate salaries. Now, if they were to put someone else in the deal, perhaps, you know, but, you know, they they didn't. And this is coming out of a San Francisco based uh, 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 newspaper, man. I'm not sure it's real. Uh, you know, maybe it's floated. What is real and what is floated in the NBA? I think when you understand how trades are made, if I called you on the phone and said, hey, Brady, would you consider Brogdon and, and something else for Simmons? Is that really an offer or is that just a kind of an idea? Yeah, maybe they're just kicking the tires there, the Indiana yep. Pacers. We will see. We'll see if Simmons ends up being moved by the 76ers or not. Welcome in to the Lombardi line. For those of you just joining us Saturday morning here in fabulous Las Vegas, Michael Lombardi alongside from Ocean City, New Jersey, as we get you started here at VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. And let's stick in the NBA, Michael. Game six tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks visiting the Atlanta Hawks, 5.30 p.m. Pacific 8.30 p.m. Eastern time for your tip. Of course, the Bucks lead the series three games to two. Your series price has adjusted. The Bucks are minus 450 to advance. The Atlanta Hawks at plus 350 to get out of this series and go on to face the Phoenix Suns in the finals. Tonight, Atlanta's favored to force a game seven, and we've seen a lot of line movement here. Currently at BetMGM, Atlanta laying two points, Michael, with a total of 216. Yeah, and it's the first time Atlanta's been favored in the series. I mean, I don't think Atlanta was ever favored against Philadelphia. Uh, so this is the first time they've actually been a favorite. You know, there was oftentimes in the Knicks series they weren't even favored in that. Now, once they played a couple games, they kind of got that turned around. Obviously, the, the book feels like Trey Young's going to play because they wouldn't be making them the favorite if he was, especially considering the game the other night, how badly, you know, Milwaukee was able to just attack the rim and shoot layups. I think – the, the presence of Trey Young on the court affects Brooks Lopez probably more than anybody because they've got to do something to try to, to take away Brook Lopez, and they don't have a player on the court that can actually do that with his off, ability to offensive rebound, his ability to get to the rim, his ability to score inside. You know, they don't need Brook Lopez to be a three-point shooter when without Giannis in the game. They need him to be near the rim. And when they put him on defense and pick and rolls, you know, it creates a problem for the Milwaukee defense, and Trey Young in the game can do that. So... If Trey Young plays, it's going to be interesting to see how Milwaukee handles that. Now, 
I just think, to me, Milwaukee's ability, you know, Portis comes through and gets a ton of points. He gets over 20, he gets 24 points in the last game. We see Middleton start to play well. Holiday's playing well. I'm not sure just because Young's back, it makes it automatic that Atlanta wins the game or is the favorite. I don't think Young's going to be able to move directly, uh, vertically or horizontally and change a direction and have the explosion off of it. I mean, he is in pain when I watched him work out. So the one thing I do like, Brady, just studying the game before the show started, I still like the over. I still like the over because when you go back and, and you review all the shots that were made, there were so many. This has probably drove all the analytical people crazy, but there was a ton of layups, and I know they hate layups. I mean, I know those analytical guys hate layups, but layups still count as two points. I mean, last time I checked, and they got a bunch of them, and layups make bad shooters good shooters. Michael, I think you brought up an interesting point there. It gives me a little bit of pause. On, on Friday, you and I both kind of felt that we wouldn't at all be surprised if Atlanta was going to win this game and, and, and force a Game 7. It's been very much of a zigzag series. And you said, Atlanta, you know, this is the first time they've been in the role of the favorite. In your experience in football, did that kind of change things for a team when they're used to being an underdog and all of a sudden there's expectations put on them? Well, I think, you know, I don't think they look at it. Teams never look at it in the betting vernacular. Right. I think what Nate McMillan has to look at is, like, he's got to be able to walk into his room and say, fellas, just because we're playing home doesn't mean we're going to win. I think you have to change that mindset. There's such a mindset. Philadelphia, oh, you're the greatest home team in the NBA this year. Lose three games to the Hawks at home. You're so great, you lose three games at home, okay? That mindset, because Philly wasn't mentally tough, they could never get that through their mindset. Atlanta, tonight, just because we're playing home doesn't mean we're going to win. You've got to be able to play well at home. That's the prerequisite, playing well and playing at a high level with mental and physical toughness. And I think that's the challenge that Nate McMillan has. He's got to be able to say, guys, we can't just think the home crowd's going to help us. We've got to be able to go out there and play with defensive intensity, and we can't be digging out from a hole in the first quarter like we did the last game. We must play from in front like we did in game four here. Michael, on Friday, we took a look at the NFL divisions, and we started in the NFC East. Today, we are going to take a look at the AFC West, and I will begin with the favorite here, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a heavy favorite to win this division at minus 300. Of course, they are the Super Bowl loser, and that is historically a very tough label to have in the following season. It's not often that it goes well in the next season for the team that loses the Super Bowl. Now, it looks like they will have an entirely new offensive line. That was certainly a weakness that was exposed in that Super Bowl. A different offensive line in 2021 from what they began with in 2020. They lose wide receiver Sammy Watkins to free agency. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs, Michael? And minus 300, that price to win the division. Is that cheap or is that too expensive? No, I don't think that's – I think that's obviously a cheap price. I mean, I would think it would be a little higher because, look, here's the reality. Who's better than them? I mean, like the over at 12 and a half, you say, well, I mean, so find me four – Brady, find me four losses on that, on that schedule. Find me four losses. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do. And, and, and here's what I like about the Chiefs. I think Andy Reid is not just a great play designer offensively. I think Andy Reid's a tough SOB. 
I think he's a tough coach. And they're going to go out to William Jewell College this summer, and they're going to get the crap beat out of him. He's going to get his team. You're not going to hear load management out, in, out, at, out at William Jewell College from, for Andy Reid. He don't care about load management. He knows that it's a marathon. He knows that he has to treat his team like boxers. You've got to spar so many rounds in order to get ready for the championship fight. And he's going to work this team, and he's going to work that offensive line, and he's going to make sure that he understands what Orlando Brown's strengths and weaknesses are, what Joe Tooney can do. You know, can Kyle Long actually stay healthy? I think the right side of this line is a little bit of a concern for him. And what is he going to do on the right side? So I think they'll go out there and they will play and they will prepare as if they hadn't won anything. That's a good part. Now, secondly, I think they've improved defensively. I think they'll get something out of Jared Reed. You know, I, I was with, you know, the defensive line coach, Brendan Daly at, at, at the Patriots, and I think he's one of the best defensive line coaches in football. And he gets a kid like Jared Reed, who we loved in New England. You know, had they not taken away the first pick uh, from us in the stupid deflate gate, uh, whatever that investigation was, you know, it's ridiculous. Daniel Snyder's, he gets fined $10 million. They don't lose a first-round draft pick. But yet, because they allege you blow up footballs, they take away a first-round pick. Show me there's justice in that logic, please, please. Show me how that logic works, right? But anyway, I, I hate to diverge, diverge. You know, I'm still bitter about that. But anyway, but Reed was a guy we were going to pick, Brady. We loved Reed. And Reed played really well for Seattle. And then he got a big contract, and typical of most defensive linemen, typical of them, just by the nature, they get contentment. You know, they get, they get content, and, and they don't work as hard. And then his cap number got so high for Seattle, they couldn't afford it. He wouldn't take a pay cut. Boom, he signs now right immediately with the Chiefs. You got Chris Jones and Jared Reed inside to go along with Frank Clark and whomever they want to put on the other side, Taco Charlton, Tim Ward. I don't care who they put over there, right? You got four rushers that can really get after the passer. I think they're really improved defensively just by that, you know? And so, and here's the other advantage that you have when you're playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. You rarely play from behind. Yeah. You rarely play from behind. So when Spagnola's looking at his play sheet and all his exotic blitzes and all his unsound blitzes, because they're completely unsound. Look, he'll give up a whole zone. He doesn't care because he thinks he's just going to get there. And oftentimes he does. And what is his advantage? When he goes with one of his unsound blitzes, which, which voids his zone, he figures, okay, if they hit it on me. I got Patrick Mahomes over here. They'll get seven in about three minutes. <laughs> or less, about three seconds. Yeah. The Chiefs, Michael, were sixth ranked in the NFL in total DVOA. They were plus six in turnover differential. And when they won the Super Bowl in 2019, they were plus eight in turnover differential. So that's two seasons in a row. They're now plus 14 in turnover differential. The history would say that that should come back to the norm a little bit here, and maybe they suffer in that regard. You know, it just seems, and you illustrate it beautifully, how good this team is, the coach, the improvement on defense. But I think maintaining that level, and you look at the the beneficiary of the turnover margin that they've had, I don't know. It feels to me like maybe the numbers are a little bit lofty on this team to pull it off again. Uh, well, I think they do a great job of protecting the football. I mean, Mahomes is really careful with what he does. You know, I mean, his ratio, 38 touchdowns to six interceptions, just flat out remarkable. They do a great job of protecting it. And then I think what Andy does a great job of is when he knows the opponent is no longer the team on the other sideline. 
and it's the clock. He will run the ball. He will control it. And then he has enough stuff in his arsenal to convert those tough third downs. I mean, remember the game against Tampa that they won in Tampa? You know, it's Tampa makes that comeback late in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs get the ball, and you don't ever get it back again. And that's just the way they play, and they're careful. They understand. They're not afraid to throw the ball to get a first down because they do such a good job of protecting the ball. I think that's critical. I think that is critical. And then their field goal kicker is outstanding. I mean, the guy missed two kicks all last year. Booker missed two kicks, and they were inside the 40 and 49-yard line. He made every one of his 50-yard kicks last season. And guess what? Their opponents miss five of them. So they pick up five turnovers there. They pick up, they, they, they wash themselves out on the 40 yard to 49 yard, and their opponents missed one. So when you miss a field goal against the Chiefs, right, which is what the Panthers did, right? The Panthers have the ball to start the second half. They come out, they got a chance to extend the lead, they miss a field goal, right? Boom. Now you've given up. Now you've turned the ball over and you go right down the field. You know, you try a 50 yard field goal against them. I would never try a 50-yard field goal against the Chiefs unless I absolutely had to, unless it was the last play of the game, because I'm not giving them the ball on a half a field. Michael, does it make you pump the brakes a little bit on the Chiefs a little bit? Uh, I want to say it was, I I can't remember if it was like 7 or even 11. It it was a long stretch of games last year in the second half of the season when they failed to cover the spread. Does that mean they are not living up to expectations, or does it mean the Chiefs are the Chiefs, they're this high-flying electric team, and the point spread is always inflated on them? You know, I, I guess I would ask you the question. I mean, do you, do you think there's a there – since the book knew people were just going to continue to bet the Chiefs to cover, no matter what the cover was, they just kept putting that line and nobody really adjusted that's my sense of it, right? I think, I think to me, you know, Andy was more concerned about winning the game than covering the line. And their defense is, is going to play kind of conservative once they get that lead in the fourth quarter. And their opponent is the clock, not the, not the, not the other team. So I think there's been an adjustment by the book that they were going and people were just assuming they were just going to blow people out. But we have this mentality that we're, you know, that the Chiefs are playing Vanderbilt or they're playing some bad college team when, you know, their pro teams are hard to and they're going to keep scoring it. All right, let's move over to the Los Angeles Chargers. This team, they lost a lot of close games in 2020, probably a lot of games that they should have won, Michael. And you remember how they had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champs on the ropes, and let them off the hook. Now, Justin Herbert, of course, he returns at quarterback for his sophomore season. They get a new head coach in Brandon Staley. Everyone loves what the Chargers did in the draft. They add offensive line help. They add Asante Samuel Jr. to an already very good secondary. And it seems for like the last 10 years or so, we go into the season and we're always high. We always have good expectations that the Chargers are going to have a a great season. And and then we never are satisfied at the end of the year. Is this the year? And and I'm not talking Super Bowl, but is this the year that they make some really successful noise in the league? Well, I mean, they get a significant player back on their roster this year. They get Derwin James back. I mean, they get a, a player that is really able to make plays in both run, pass, and attack the pocket. I mean, he is a guy who can play on all three levels of the defense. He can attack the pocket. He can play on the second level and stop the run. Then he can go get in the deep third and help out in coverage. And, you know, Chris Harris is still a good corner that they have there. And whether they can get something out of Asante Samuel Jr. or Campbell, the kid that played last year for them, I don't know. 
But I think because Staley, the way he plays and the way he attacks, I think they'll use their linebacking core. They'll use Murray in a different role. I think they'll be very aggressive. They'll use James very aggressively as well to go along with Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones and some of the players they have inside. They've signed Linville Joseph kind of as a run player. So I like them to mix it up a little bit on defense. I like them to be much more complex. You know, when the Raiders would go down there and play them in Los Angeles or in, in Las Vegas, it was an easy game for John Gruden because he could run all his cover three beaters. He could run all his stuff. Now, how John ever got led to hiring Chris, Chris uh, Gus Bradley, I don't know because it was always an easy game for him to play against. But now you're playing against Vic Fangio's defense. Now you're playing against some complex stuff. Now you're playing against some odd floaters. You're playing against different things that are going to happen on the field. That's going to be challenging, and you're not going to be able to predict what happens. You know, Gruden loves to get into formations where people don't blitz. Well, you know, that isn't Vic Fangio's game. That's not going to be Staley's game. We saw it last year. James is going to be a guy who's going to come from everywhere. And then you add the flair of, look, they've gotten better in the offensive line. They've got to hope Belaga can stay healthy. They've got to hope all their offensive linemen stay healthy. They lose a little bit, no doubt. They lose a little bit losing Hunter Henry. I, I thought Hunter Henry was a really good player. Jarrett Cook can fill in in the passing game. They've got to hope Trey McKitty, the kid they drafted in the third round, can help. But, look, this Herbert kid's spectacular. To go along with the receivers they have, I think they're a really good team. And I think they'll be well coached. And I think they'll be disciplined in what they need to do offensively. Michael, what about Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson? Are you comfortable with the Chargers' backfield? I love Eckler. I really do, Brady. I love Eckler. I think he's a, he's a what I call a field position changer. One play and he can get 20 yards, 25 yards. I think he's really good. The problem is I don't know how good Jackson is or Joshua Kelly. I, I would have another back on that team. You know, I would sign another running back, a big-time running back. They drafted Roundtree, the third from Missouri in the in the sixth round. Do I think he's the answer? No. But I would I would do that. I would draft someone else. But I like them on the over. I really do. I like them to go over the nine and a half. All right, we'll continue this discussion on the other side. I want to get into that season win total. It is currently at nine and a half. The odds to win the division are six to one, and the odds on the Chargers to win the Super Bowl are 30 to one. We'll get Michael's thoughts on those as well as we continue the preview of the AFC West here on the Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line. We'll come right back on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. If you are a horse racing fan, First Bet is the place for you. With wagering on races at over 300 tracks and AI-assisted picks, it's the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport with secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. It's all brought to you by ExpressBet. Sign up using the promo code VEGAS100 today and get up to $100 a match bonus on your first deposit. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses and the promo 
promo code Vegas100. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you continuing our discussion of the AFC West. And we left off with the Los Angeles Chargers. And, Michael, we were talking about their season win total. If you look at all the numbers here, the season win total at 9.5 to win the division at 6-1 to one, and the Super Bowl odds at 30-1. to one. Now, 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, that's not really a huge long shot. Okay, and we know what a big favorite the Chiefs are to win the division. So 6 to 1 doesn't seem, you know, again, like that big of a long shot to win this division. But 9 and a half, that seems light. I I mean, you you seem to be high on this team. I could see this team winning 11 or 12 games. I can, and I and I would add also, you know, what are what's Brendan Staley's coach of the year odd honors? There you, you go. Know? I mean, you know what? What would you, what could you get him for on a decent price? There's a decent price there because if you just factor in that they're going to be better defensively, you know, and I and I don't want to be picking on Gus Bradley, but I am not a believer in the cover three Seattle scheme. You know, I think it's all predicated on how great your defensive front is, and it's not a scheme that plays chess with offensive coaches. It's a scheme that relies on we're going to win up front. We're going to play fast. We're going to play young players, and we're going to play fast. And that works when you've got great defensive linemen like Cliff Averill and Michael and all the guys they had up in Seattle, you know, and so Michael Bennett. But that doesn't when you don't have that guy, those guys. And don't tell me that the Max Crosbys and, and these other guys are going to be as effective for the Raiders. So I, I like them. I, I think it'll be a challenge to play them defensively by what they do. I think it'll be a challenge to play them offensively with a great quarterback. And they've repaired the offensive line. Slater, their first-round pick, you know, from Northwestern, he's got to play really well for them. But I think that's all, all doable. I think that's all within, within the framework of what they need to do. So I like them, and I like some of those odds. I don't think that's, you know, great odds with no chances. I think those are odds with chances. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think it's worth a shot to win the division and to win the Super Bowl. And, and I think probably the most glaring one to me is the season win total. I mean, 10 and 7, that seems like a very pedestrian effort for the Chargers, and they ought to be better. By the way, Michael, JJ updates me 16 to 1 on Brandon Staley to win coach of the year. Is that juicy enough for I, you? I think that's a great odd, right? Don't you think so? What was I think Stefanski was 20 to 1 last year. Will Hill played him at 20 to 1. I mean, it's, you know, look, what's the, what, what are you looking for to get coach of the year? You're looking for a guy who's never coached before. Mm-hmm. You know, Belichick could go 13 and, and four and won't win coach of the year. Right. You know, it'll be because he's got, you know, he spent all that money in free agency. So, if, you know, if this guy goes 11, if he goes 11 and six and, and makes a wild card, run, you know, gets a wild card appearance and, you know, beats Kansas City once, you know, I think it's a really good chance, and, and especially with the quarterback that he has and the way he coaches defense. I think it's tremendous. Uh, Michael, the Chargers were 26th in the league in DVOA. They were plus three in turnover margin, and I'm surprised they were ranked that low in DVOA. Do you feel like the former coach, Anthony Lynn, do you feel like he held this team back? And can Staley, conversely, can he push this team forward that much? I do. I do. I think he'll be more in tuned. And I think that, you know, look, how many games do we watch the Chargers as betters? You know, and we know better Don't than anybody. Don't remind me. And of course, <laughs> you're right. I mean, how many times have we thought, okay, you know, and then they just do something in the final five minutes oh, of the game that boy. blow the game, you know? You know, and you just sit there saying, oh, my gosh, how can we handle this? You know, I mean, when you look at it, you know, they were outscored by 50 points in the fourth quarter. 50 points in the fourth quarter. Amazing. 
I mean, that that's coaching. Yeah. That's coaching. You know, they got Tampa beat in Tampa. Totally. They can't finish the second great half. Game. I mean, how many games? That team how many looked like a world beater in that first half. Yeah, and they had no adjustments in the second half. They can't really regroup, you know, and, you know, he's trying. You know, he, they missed five kicks inside from 40 to 49. They missed four kicks outside of 50. You know, there's five, there's nine potential turnovers right there. And their opponents only missed two. So there they are. They're minus seven in the turnover takeaway and field goals. Think about that, Brady. Why would you continue to do that? Yeah, no, I, I hear you loud and clear. Anthony Lynn was awful frustrating for a lot of football bettors in 2020. Brandon Staley bringing some change there to the Los Angeles Chargers. We will see. We'll talk with Josh Applebaum. He'll join the program here for the last half hour. Hour number one on the Lombardi line on a 4th of July holiday weekend right here at VSIN. NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops in sights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on vsin.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up for a 10-day free trial at vsin.com subscribe. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you here on the Lombardi line and Josh Applebaum joins the program now as he always does a frequent contributor here on the Lombardi line. He is VEASAN sports betting market insights reporter and you can find his market insights podcast up at VEASAN.com slash podcast. Good morning to you Josh. Happy 4th of July weekend to you. Let's start on the hardwood in the NBA and boy this market is volatile. We talked about it on Friday. It opened at Pickham Got to two in favor of the Hawks. I woke up this morning. It was at two and a half. I'm now seeing a one and a half in the market. So it's really starting to bounce around. Still at two in favor of the Hawks here at BetMGM with a total of 216. You're exactly right, Brady. And Michael, great to be with you here on the 4th of July weekend. Hopefully the weather is going to look a little bit better, guys, because it's rainy in Boston. Michael, I don't know about AC here, but we got a big hot dog eating contest tomorrow. Either way, <laughs> big weekend. Uh, but guys, yeah, we got to handicap that. We got, we got to handicap that. I, I mean, we got to cover that tomorrow. JJ, we need that on the list tomorrow. We'll be up. I got we'll, it, we'll Michael, be on early. I got it ready to go. You know, yeah, Mitch we'll Moss okay, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, we'll do. We'll talk NBA here. We'll get to the hot dog in just a minute. Go ahead. <laughs> of course, guys. Well, uh, Brady, I think you had a great breakdown here. This has been pretty volatile line movement. So a couple things going on right now. It looks like based on uh, the overall line movement, you are seeing a little buyback right now on the Bucks. The line got to two and a half down to two. But for all intents and purposes, all movement has been toward the Hawks in this one, guys. As you mentioned, open at a pick them. We've seen it get all the way to two and a half. It's coming back down to two right now. But one thing that I noticed, guys, if we look at these splits from BetMGM, they do a great job of providing us the ticket count, the money count. And, Michael, one thing I always like is either a low ticket count with higher money or kind of an even ticket count with more money where the line's moving in favor of that team getting more action. So that fits right here with Atlanta. You know, if you look at these numbers, they're only getting about half the tickets, but it accounts for 74% of the money. 
So in, in, a, in a, like in a vacuum, a line really shouldn't move at all if the tickets are even. But we know that not all tickets are worth the same. It looks like these bigger wagers are on the Hawks right here, moving this line in their favor. We've also seen a couple system matches here on the Hawks. If you look at favorites off a blowout loss, you get blown out last time, you come back in your favor. The public says, eh, I can't really lay points with you. You just lost straight up. Yet this buy low spot fave off a blowout, 10 points or more, 57% against the spread the last decade. Also, Michael, short favorites, five or less, 32 and 19 ATS, 63% against the spread. And here's the other one. Uh, shout out to our guy, Dave Tooley at Visa, and he does a great job of tracking this. But you guys mentioned the zigzag theory. This was kind of a system that pros really loved, I would say, you know, last decade. It's kind of, you know, the public's caught up to it. You may have lost some value here. But the whole point is, if you lost last game, you take the next team against the spread. It's eight and one against the spread here. And the Atlanta Hawks would match coming off that loss coming back now laying the points. So we're seeing like a renaissance of this zigzag theory. And Michael, you are, you're spot on here, I think, with your over. It opened 215. It's up to around 216 and a half. Looks like it's even going to 217 at some shops. So you're taking in some money on that over. Three over refs, Zarba, Lewis, and Wright today. Uh, and Michael, we're all, we're all still waiting on Trey Young. Will he play? Will he not play? But what do you think, Michael? Would you go zigzag with Atlanta here? And do you like that over? You know, I, I, this is really complicated. I mean, Brady's looking at the Vegas numbers, and you're seeing it move. It could move back down to two. When when you look at our board here on the East Coast, it, I, I have a line predicted it could go up to three. So there's such a variance. It is all over the place. And, and I just think, to me, you know, Atlanta playing at home, you know, they've got to play to their best. Whether Trey Young plays, I assume he's playing, or else they wouldn't be the favorite for the first time. And can Milwaukee, you know, the one thing I've seen about Milwaukee all season forever, even when Giannis plays, is they don't have that mental toughness. They don't have that put teams away kind of fay. I think they're going to, I think Giannis will play in game seven. I think they want to get back home. I'm not sure this will be their best effort. I would take the Hawks here today. Josh, let's look at the player prop market. I know you have a couple of uh, ones that you like there, and I'll tell you, first of all, the one that jumped out to me, and Michael talked this uh, talked about this a little earlier in the program, uh, and that is Brooke Lopez. Uh, the guy really had a career night in Game 5 for the Milwaukee Bucks at home, scored 33 points. My immediate reaction is I'm going under on his points this time around. It's all the way to 15.5. I think that's the highest number we've seen in the prop market on Brooke Lopez, and of course, that is off of that performance in Game 5. So I, I would be willing to bet that he is not going to match that here tonight. Brady, I like your thought process here because I think this is a trap that a lot of recreational bettors fall into. And again, prop bets, if you don't see value on the spread, you know, conventional money line over under, you can go to these props if you can identify an edge. But a lot of times what you mentioned, Brady, if a guy has a really good game, the public will automatically say, okay, take the over. He's feeling good. He'll do it again. But remember, the odds makers adjust these numbers and shade them based on public perception. So I would be wary of, of going over with, with Lopez today. The one that I really like, Michael, and typically, you know, uh, the guy right now that is getting a lot of attention is Drew Holiday. He's been great in this series. He's coming off a 25-point game, 13 assists, six boards. But, Michael, this is a crazy stat. I did a little research on Drew Holiday and turnovers. I really like the under three-and-a-half turnovers for Drew Holiday today. It's juiced up minus 165. Again, I like when you have a juiced-up spot because that tells you odds makers uh, maybe have some liability on that side. But he's four and one to the under three and a half turnovers this series. And believe it or not, in 16 playoff games, he's gone under three and a half turnovers 
14 of 16 times. He's 14 and two to the under three and a half turnover. So Michael, Michael, it's a guy playing great. I know you love uh, players that protect the ball and don't give it away. What do you think? Do we get another uh, good possession game from Drew Holiday today? I mean, I think it's essential. I think if you like Milwaukee at all in this game, I think you've got to do that. And I think they're, who's going to pressure him on the ball? I mean, Trey Young, even if he plays, has to guard somebody. Now, he's been guarding P.J. Tucker, and he's been getting away with it. But to me, if you're Coach Bud with a bad ankle, you're going to go after Trey Young on defense as much as they're going to go after Brooks Lopez. And I think that there's so much uh, easy movement to the rim because there isn't a rim protector in this game that I think Holiday will protect the ball. And I'm with that. I mean, look, Chris Paul played, what, 35 minutes the other other night didn't have a turnover great players understand the moment and they don't turn the ball over Josh as far as this market is concerned here do you think this movement is predicated on Trey Young's status is that playing into this or people are just people betting the Hawks or the Bucks one way or another or, or is this based on his availability do you believe I think his availability has to play a role in this, Brady. And, Mike, and Michael, one thing that we've learned in this series throughout the playoffs is late movement. We've seen some crazy erratic movement. It can go one way early in the day. It can go the other way late. Again, stay late. Look at these late moves. I think Trey Young could be affecting this number. All right, Mr. Applebaum, ice, diamonds, and hot dogs coming up next. We're going to get to all three of them, hockey, baseball, and Joey Chestnut for you on the other side. We'll break it down here on the Lombardi line at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. $1 wager into $100 on the Hawks or the Bucks with BetMGM. Just use the bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. Make sure you use the promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. 800-889-9789. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Josh Applebaum hangs around for another segment with us. He'll also be back in our number two, Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you. And let's start on the ice, gentlemen. Uh, Josh, Michael and I were talking about this. Boy, this Tampa Bay Lightning team, man, are they impressive. It seems like they saved their best for last. They are really hot right now. And the market has noticed they closed as minus 135 favorites on Friday night before that 6-3 to three victory over the Canadiens. Now with a commanding 3 nothing lead in the series here at BetMGM minus 155 their favorite on the road Josh what have you seen in the early goings for game four coming up on Monday in Montreal 
Yeah, so first off, guys, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, absolutely just playing unbelievable right now. Another win yesterday, 6-3. to three. We talk about this all the time. What makes a great team? They can win the one nothing games. They can win the 6-3 to three games. Any way you want to play, the Lightning can beat you. Uh, and it looks like the market is just saying, hey, well, you know, we respect Montreal. You know, they've come back before. They're a really gritty team and a great story. But it looks like this thing might be closing up here soon, guys. If you're looking at the next number here uh, for uh, two days from now, it opened up around minus 140 Tampa Bay. It's been steamed up to around minus Minus 150, minus 155. So the early number here, it looks like Tampa Bay. A lot of wise guys are saying, no, the game's a couple days away, but they immediately hit that opener to Tampa, moving that line further in their favor. So we might be looking at a sweep here, guys. And Michael, I, I, I like that under. I was on that under yesterday. Two goals early. It felt like uh, this is this is not looking good. The yeah. interesting thing here is this is the most juiced up over we've had of the series, over five. Minus 120, minus 130. So this may create an opportunity where, hey, you could buy low and take that under. But again, after a 6-3 game, you're a little concerned here, guys. A lot of goals from Tampa Bay. Josh, I'm going to stay with the under in this. I I still think at the end of the day, the the goalkeeping is too good. And I'm going to stay with the under. I'm not going to get deterred. I think, especially in a game four, where it'll be real, everything will be really tight, and you, you got to be careful not to make a mistake. And I, and I think the Lightning have shown that they have the personality and they have the mental toughness to do away with this right now. I hope for Brady's sake they go back to Tampa, but my inclination seems to be they want to put this thing away. I agree with you, Michael. I would be headed towards the under as well. I mean, that's what we have seen. I mean, it was a little bit of an outlier to have a 6-3 game on Friday night. And the Canadians, they're not an easy out. I think they're going to – I mean, that's what they're built on, goalkeeping and defense. And if they're going to stay in this series extended at least another day, uh, they've got to lean on that, their strength. So I would be leaning towards the under uh, along with you, Michael. Okay, guys. Let's talk some hot dogs here, and uh, of course <laughs> the uh, the annual tradition uh, in America eating hot dogs, and we we've, we've got a ladies' competition now too, and Michelle Lesko a heavy favorite at minus one thousand to take down the women's side of the hot dog eating contest, and of course Joey Chestnut a massive favorite at better than thirty three hundred. The uh, rest of the field, any other participant is nine to one, and I know our colleague Josh uh, Mitch Moss I saw in our daily newsletter. The the total number of hot dogs is seventy three and a half for Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? I mean, how about that? Seventy three and a half. Moss is taking the under. What do you think? Is the public all over the over, Josh? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a rite of passage, guys. You know, uh, you know, death taxes, American red, white, and blue, and Joey Chestnut overs here. But you got a couple. Of things How did this ever Mitch's... become a thing? How did it ever become a thing to stuff your face with hot dogs? I mean, like seriously. How did that? I mean, it just shows you why we're all so fat, and me included in this country. Like we're eating hot dogs as like seventy three, and does he have to eat the bread, Josh? Yeah. Does he have he's to eat, eat the bread? He's got to eat. And, and Michael, you'll like this too. He's got to keep it down for 15 minutes after it completes. Cause if you throw up after they're going to deduct the hot dogs from you. So uh, guys, this is interesting though, from a betting perspective, obviously this is kind of a novelty prop, have a little fun. The limits are low, but from a betting perspective, we'll get down on anything. If we see value and an opportunity to make some money, really, there's no opportunity here to bet on Joey chestnut. It's a fait accompli. There's no such thing as a lock in betting, but chestnuts as close as you get. He's around a mi- over a minus 3000 favorite. implied probability. You have to risk so much on chestnut that it's really not worth betting on him. So really what we're all going to is the over under hot dogs here, Michael. You know, one thing I noticed like Joey chestnut, he's like Tom Brady. The older he gets, the better he gets the way he ages like a fine wine. This is crazy from 2005 
to 20 uh, from 2007 to 2015, Michael, he averaged 62 and a half hot dogs in the hot dog <laughs> eating contest. The last five years, Michael, he's averaged 72.4. So I don't know what it is. He's getting older. He's getting better. He did a recent interview on follow the money uh, with Matty humans and Mitch. And he said, as I get older, I know my body even better. Uh, so here's the thing, guys. He set the world record last year with 75. But what betters are asking, and Michael, this is what the big you know, talking point is, is that yes, last year when he set the record in the pandemic, it was indoors. There was air conditioning, not much of a crowd. The you know, heat's going to uh, get to him. Yeah, so now he's outside. He's back on Coney Island. It's going to be muggy. It's going to be hot. So, Michael, would you rather eat <laughs> weather affecting hot dog record eating? This is beautiful. This is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, this is beautiful. Here's what I would say to you. If, if Joey is such the prohibitive favorite, why does he have to eat 75? He could probably eat 72 and win the damn thing. Who's going to go. get the 70? You know, like, it, you got to, like, why, why treat your body completely disrespectfully? Why not just have 70 and win the thing? You know, it's like, do you have to run your best race when you know you're going to win the race? I think it's great. We're, we're finding angles here on why to bet the hot dogs. You know, Mike, we got two I'm great I'm going to go under. I'm right. with Mitch Moss. I'm going under. I think he knows this field can't compete with him. And I just think he goes to 71 and he gets 72 in there and he's fine. And I think you're right, Josh. It probably is a little bit more difficult outdoors, muggy, hot, whatever. So we, we've got this. <laughs> I've never heard that. We've got this crap, I eat hot dogs man. outside all the time. I, I don't. <laughs> look, I probably eat two hot dogs whether I'm in or out. I don't know how the hell that changes. I really don't. The humidity and hot dogs eating. That's got to be a first. I swear to God. <laughs> Good stuff, well, I, my man. We'll, we'll enjoy it say, for sure. Yeah. Go Can ahead. I add one thing here, guys. This is interesting. So take a look at the juice on this one. So you are right. A lot of wise guys are on the under 73 and a half. You'd think it's going to be harder to be outside when it's hot, humid, it's gross. Chestnut even admitted uh, to Mitch and, uh, to Mitch and uh, Maddie humans that, you know, the indoors did help him last year, but here's the thing. He's also a competitor, Michael. He's not competing against anyone else but himself. This is a guy, all he does is eat hot dogs. He He's competing for that world record to try to break it once again here. And then what about the crowd? The crowd gives you juice. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye out for. So we're going to have to see how this thing plays out. The other one that I would throw out to you guys, uh, I have a little play on another. There's a head-to-head -head matchup here, guys. Keep an eye out for Jeffrey Esper. He's minus 125. Uh, against Darren Breeden and Esper has beaten Chestnut in competitive eating contests. Michael, he had over 300 Twinkies in 10 minutes. Can you believe that? No, I can't. I mean, geez, oh man, there was a defense of the Twinkie defense. Remember when that the guy that shot all those people in San Francisco years ago it was a Twinkie defense? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Josh, I want to ask you, what's the over-under on the lady that's, that's eating all I was, these dogs? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Michelle Lesko, does she have a total posted? I mean, I, I would think, what, 36? Is it half of what the man's going to get? Yeah, so some books have it, some don't, but, uh, you know, I think it's around 38, somewhere around there, guys. She's a minus 1,000 favorite, but the interesting thing is uh, Mika Sudo has kind of been the, the female version of Joey Chestnut. She's won it seven years in a row, but she's not going to compete this time, so you don't really have the, the female goat here going at it. Uh, minus 1,000 favorite for Lesko. It's tough. I've heard a lot of people say they take the field because they don't know if they can trust this new competitor. I've never had so much fun talking hot dog uh, eating contest. <laughs> this is good stuff. Uh, Nathan's are the best Dogs. I got to promise you, you put Nathan's on the grill, you won't go back to anyone else. I promise you that. That is fantastic. Good stuff, Mr. Applebaum. Well, what's your flavor of the day on the diamonds? Are you looking at the Cubs and the Reds? That is a game that stuck out to me, and we've seen some money come in on the Cubbies. Yeah, you're totally right, guys. A couple games caught my eye. Number one is the Cubs. This is kind of a classic 
road division dog, high total reverse line move, what I look for when I'm betting baseball. So number one, you're buying low on the Cubbies. They've lost a bunch of games in a row here. Uh, the 42 and 40 record, just barely above 500. Reds have been playing well, especially at home. But Cincinnati actually opened around a minus 135 favorite. They're getting the majority of the bets here, yet the line is down to minus 125. Could be an opportunity to buy low on Alzale. Then also, guys, uh, my Red Sox, they came through bigly last night. Kike Hernandez threw out a guy at home to really ice that win in extras. But it looks like Oakland A's bounce back opportunity today. Everyone's uh, grabbing the Red Sox here, yet Oakland A's at home. They open around minus 115. They've been steamed up to around minus 135. Garrett Richards, he's got a 7.16 ERA in the month of June. Could be a bet against uh, against Richards and a bet on uh, Irvin. Good lefty here going for Oakland. Yeah, but I mean, the Red Sox, Josh, are just incredible. I mean, over the last, what, week, they've had the highest batting percentage and OPS in all of baseball. I mean, they've been just flat out remarkable. And I think Cole Irvin's going to have his work. I know he pitched really well, eight, eight shutout innings against the Giants, but it, it would be hard to think he could duplicate that against a really good hitting Red Sox team. I'm right there with you, Michael, and I know we're up against it. Let me throw this other prop at you. I had my back pocket. Michael, what's your take on Bogdanovich today? Uh, he's really stepped it up. His knee's looking better. He's getting more minutes. He dropped 28 points yeah. last game. His over-under, 25.5 for points, rebounds, and assists. He's gone over last two games. Over's minus 115. Do you think we get, we get a big game from Bogdanovich yeah. today? I, I like that. I like that over there. I think he will. I think he's got to be the guy that comes through because I don't care what Trey Young plays or not. Bogdanovich has got to be the focal point of the offense. I think that's good, Josh. I was looking at that earlier today, and at first glance, I thought it was 25 and a half points. And I said, boy, that, yeah. that's that's a lot. But it's the combo, points, rebounds, and assists at 25 and a half. Yeah, not, not a bad play at all. Uh, if you think the Hawks are going to step up tonight, which uh, I think all three of us do, uh, I certainly like the looks of that one. We'll talk a little bit more baseball on the other side. Mr. Baseball joins the show here in hour number two. Maybe some more hot dog talk, too. That was too good. we got to have Applebaum back to break that down again. <laughs> Any, anybody that missed that will want to tune in for that. We'll be right back. It's the Lombardi Line on 4th of July Saturday here at v -Sin. 